Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today we are discussing I Do Be Loved, the Taiwanese BL drama series, complete episodes 1 through 13, peeps. What did we think of this series? How did we like it? How did we not like it? How did it add up overall? If you want, you can go listen to individual episode reviews that I have done previously on this podcast of each episode. But this is one of the whole series considered as a complete set. This series, just to give you guys a little synopsis, is about mainly Jin Yuzin and Shi Although it also involves two other characters who do take up quite a bit of screen time named Shi Kui and Gang, our brother gang. The storyline is about Jin Yuzin, who is recently purchased a jewelry making company that manufactures jewelry with beautiful gemstones. And the person who is a supervisor at the company, who is named Shi Li. Jin Yuzin comes to the company his first day, seems very standoffish, and puts up a rule on the billboard that says that no one can date or be married in their company because they promote business. This really calls a ruckus because two of the employees are actually getting ready to be married. The one was getting ready to propose to the other that day, and that got kind of thwarted. And the whole series kind of centers around Shi Li trying to convince Jin Yuzin that he should take down this stupid rule. And also around the fact that Shi Li and Jin Yuzin share a house together because Shi Li lives in the house that his company owned. And Jin Yuzin moves in and kicks out another co-worker named Shi Kui that first day, who ends up moving in with another individual who runs who manages HWC Roasters, which is an actual coffee shop in Taiwan. Once this pandemic is over, I am taking a flight and getting a cup of there because it looks absolutely amazing. And it's in the show. I'm just saying it left an impression. But anyway, that individual's name is Brother Gang, our gang, and he was a older student at the same college that Jin Yuzin went to. So they have a history together. But basically, this whole story is around... I would say pretty much Jin Yuzin learning to put his guard down on things. And also Shi Li realizing who he likes in life and what he wants to in life. I think that really kind of sums up the synopsis of the series. I mean, no offense. This is a typical Taiwanese series, which is one of the reasons that I absolutely love it. Because it really... I don't mean it weird. I... I like BL drama, but not really because it's BL drama, as many people on this podcast have heard me say before, but mainly because we don't have walls and we don't have little boxes that we typically put people into. And I've got to check something on my stove because I'm making boba. Just a moment. I'm sorry. I got these green tea boba flavor, and I have to do that because it's boiling. Okay, but anyway... I'm sorry, I'm doing this while I'm cooking and eating a massive bowl of oatmeal because I'm trying to lower my cholesterol, which is bad, and I have no idea why as I eat mainly vegetables. I think it's genetic. The genes, they always get you. It's so annoying. But anyway, moving on. So hopefully this gray cloud that is absolutely enormous on my plate will help at some point. But okay, I'm going to focus on something other than the oatmeal. So... 
in this story, I think one of the reasons I found it really likable is it's kind of like if you're a fan of the theory of love, for example, which is a Thai drama series, one thing that you'll notice about this series is, okay, I'm not including episode 12 peeps, so huge caveat for those who have watched that episode and are like, uh, excuse me, Anna, I'm not including that in this in this situation. But what I'm saying is, the thing that I really liked about this series is that it really wasn't about romantical interest as much as two individuals realizing that it was nice to have someone be there for them and for them to be there for the other person. I think that's the main I got out of the series was I was like, it was decide to get in relationships. Because I don't mean it weird. Usually people get into relationships because of attraction or um, things like that. And I'm not saying that that did not play a role because, okay, let's face it, in episode 13, God, I concur, it did play a little bit of a role. But I'm saying in, uh, not episode 13, episode 12. Okay, I can count. It's just a little hard sometimes. It's, it's, yeah, I don't know. I can't say it's morning, but it's still hard for me to count sometimes. Anyway, number six. I just found out that's actually a real thing, and that's why I have trouble sometimes. But anyway, so, but that is why I like this series, is because it really looked at why people get into a relationship very, very differently than pretty much any other series I have seen, except for Theory of Love and also To My Star, the K-drama. Um, if you guys haven't seen those two, you should really, I mean, Theory of Love is one of the few series that I literally binge watch to like two, three in the morning one night because it is an amazing series and it's not because it's a BL, it's simply because it will really make you think about things, whether romantic or otherwise, very differently after watching it than you do before. So I'm just saying, yeah. But anyway, it's very similar in style to those two films, our series and film from Korea. And it really asks the question of why are people deciding to be together, which I don't mean it weird. The, the reason behind the motivation has always been interesting to Anna. I really don't really, I don't mean it weird. I've never been one of those people that sits there and goes, I wonder why something happened. But I do question people's motivation sometimes. It's like, I'm, I'm curious as to why people are like, not in like, oh, I wonder why they did that. But it's in an, oh, it's interesting kind of way. But anyway... So over the time period of this drama, Jin Yuzin comes to really care about Shili. And you find out as the drama progresses that one of the reasons that he bought the shop was because he wanted to be near Shili because he really liked his personality. Not because he necessarily had any romantic intentions of all, but because he liked the presence of Shili as a person. He's like, if I buy the company, then ergo I get to work around Shili, and ergo I get to live around Shili. Not necessarily like he was sitting there going, oh, I plan on having a relationship with Shili. Just like Jin Yuzin reminds me kind of of a dog that really just wants to have someone to flop by, and he's happy with that. I mean, no offense, it's like, that's kind of genuine in a nutshell. Now, Shi Li, on the other hand, I don't know where they found Hank Wang, but he was perfect for the part. I mean, they really could not have picked anyone better. I mean, I've thought about him, like, he really couldn't do better than who they picked for Hank Wang's to play him. 
to play Shili because he really is like a little fox. And what the story is kind of centered around is the subject of the Little Prince, which is a Anton Saint Uxbury book, which I literally at eight years old was supposed to read because it was a classic, and I came to both my parents and said, this book sucks brick because it's about someone who kills himself for a rose, and no rose is worth dying for. My parents were like, they wouldn't put suicide in a children's classic, and I'm like, yep, they did. And I don't know, I was a strong-willed and very odd child, and my parents were like, oh, this does have suicide in it. <laughs> and so that was an interesting moment for me and my folks. But needless to say, I've never been a fan of The Little Prince because I found it intensely annoying that someone would die for a rose that he didn't even know if the rose cared for him. I mean, I don't mean it. I'm like, you know, die for someone that maybe cares for you if you are going to die for someone and maybe figure out a way to live instead of die. I'm just saying, i got to pull my bulb out before, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to remove this from the heat. Oh, the bulb is amazing. I wish you peeps could see it. It's absolutely stunning. Okay. Boba is one of those things that gives you instant gratification when you cook it up. I mean, it's like you drop it in and it magically blows up. And I mean that in a good way, like a cool science experiment. But anyway, so Little Prince. This story is a play off that book with basically Jin Yuzin being the Little Prince. I forgot to turn off notifications. But anyway, the Little Prince who loved the Rose, who is Jin Yuzin's ex, Eastone, who basically left him seven years before. As Eastone left, he, Jin Yuzin went after him and ended up being hit in a car crash. And he ended up in the hospital for over six months recovery. Now what most people don't know in real life, if you happen to be reading about this, Aaron Lai was actually in a terrible car crash in Taiwan because he was riding a bike and he was in the hospital with bleeding of the brain. Um, he got his spleen removed. He ended up in the hospital for over six months, I believe, recovering because in Taiwan, traffic is so dangerous. Um, I've been told this by my Taiwanese students too, that if you go to Taiwan, you really need to be careful getting in and out of taxis and also even just crossing the street because it is so very dangerous there with the traffic. People are very laissez-faire about how they drive. Which is kind of weird because most of the people I've met from Taiwan are absolutely fastidious human beings, so I can't imagine them driving <coughs> crazily on the roads. So it's kind of a weird dichotomy there, but anyway. Oh, the boba looks stunning. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry, moving on. It's green in an orange bowl, and I'm just saying it, it's amazing. Okay, green and orange. But, moving on. So, Jin Yuzin was in this hospital for months because Eastone, he was trying to race to get to him, and ended up in a car crash. And he's still seven years later, he's not been with anyone, and he doesn't want anyone else to be with anyone because he doesn't want people getting hurt. And some people would look at Jin Yuzin and go, oh, he's, he's heartless, he's mean, he's cruel. And I'm going, you know, I don't think Jin Yuzin is either any of those things. 
Jin Yuzin is a kind of complex character, but he is somewhat easy to understand at the same time. He doesn't want people getting hurt. I think one of the things that you find out about Jin Yuzin is he really, really cares for people a lot, which is one of the reasons he has such a hard time relating to human beings. I don't mean it weird. It's one of those weird dichotomies. It's kind of like in Emma, the one that has... Um, Romalda Jirai, when Mr. Knightley says, I could talk about it more if I felt less, well, that's Jin Yuzin in a nutshell. But anyway, needless to say, as he moves in with Shili, he starts to like Shili. And I think this is one of the most adorable things in this whole movie. And I'm not saying, again, huge caveat if you heard my other ones, a lot of people use adorable like, oh, isn't that person cute? I don't mean that that way at all. I mean, it's something that reminds me of something a child would do in their innocence. And I think that is adorable because there's a part of them that even though they're an adult, they still have that spark of childishness, which isn't a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. But as the series progresses, Jin Yuzin ends up, through a series of events, sharing a room with Shili because Shili's mom comes over. This makes him retract. He puts rules in the office. He puts rules in the house that say, you can't be married. You can't have a relationship. When he gets to the house, he's like, Shili, you have to clean the bathroom every time you're done with the shower. You can't have anyone over. Da, 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 da. And so when Shili's mom comes, he accidentally calls the police on her because he doesn't know who she is, causes a huge ruckus, and then Shili says, Mom, I, I'd love you to stay, but you know, I know you stay yearly to come visit and help with the house and things like that, but you really can't be here because then Shili's and Jin Yuzin's like, you know what, we're, we're forfeiting that rule because I've massively screwed this up with his mom, and she can stay in my room. I will share, uh, I will sit on the sofa, which Shili doesn't agree to. He's like, you know what, you own the house. You're going to at least sleep in the bed. I'll sleep on the floor. But at the end of the day, through a weird set of circumstances, Shili by accident ends up back in the bed, and um, Jin Yuzin ends up grabbing him like a koala. I don't mean it weird. It, that really, it is like a koala. And this happens multiple times, and Shili's like, why do I keep getting captured like a koala? But I think in the end of the day, that's why Shili started liking Jin Yuzin, because he's like, this person who seems so tough and so um, sure of himself really is quite vulnerable and really just wants to grab something and go, please don't let go. I'm, I want my koala here. So anyway, but I think that's one of the funniest scenes throughout this series is watching um, Jin Yuzin unconsciously because he's completely asleep. Like, I'm, I'm a koala. I need something to hold on to. I, yeah. So anyway, that is one of the funniest parts of this series, I think, for Anna. The other thing is, as the series progresses, when you get to, like, episode 11, I think, and there's more friction caused because Eastone comes back into the mix, she least starts to realize that he likes Jin Yuzin by like episode 9 or 10 and this totally freaks out Shili because Shili hasn't ever liked guys and I think this is one part of the series that I really wish they could have done a little better on to be quite honest because there is some conversations about like Shili going you know I've always liked girls now I like guys and I think that's really a wrong way to think about this from a practical standpoint I'm sorry 
I've always been like Spock and Data. They were like my heroes when I was a kid. But I don't really think it's that Sheely likes guys or Sheely liked girls. I think it happens to be that Sheely likes Jin Yu Zin. Because I'm like, you know, you don't like all guys. You just happen to like Jin Yu Zin. And therefore, you know, Jin Yu Zin happens to be a guy. Yes, that is entirely correct. But that does not mean that you like all guys in the known universe. It just means that you happen to like Jin Yu Zin. And in the same way, I'm sure you didn't like all girls in the known universe either, because, yeah, that just wouldn't make a lot of sense. So I, I really have trouble when people put this out here in BL dramas. It's like, my brain sits there and goes, no, you don't like all guys, so why are you saying that you like... I mean, we had this same conversation in A Thousand Stars with, um, oh, Tien and his best friend, and I cannot think of his best friend's name, but again, I sat there, and I, I don't mean it weird, the logical, hauntingly analytical self of me was like, no, Tien doesn't like all guys. I know he's saying that he likes guys, but that makes sense because he doesn't like all guys. He just happens to like Pufa. That, that's a very different thing. But anyway, I will completely calm down now, but I'm like, I get very upset because I'm like, you know, no, they don't like all guys, so don't say that you just like, I mean, I'm just sitting there right now. Doesn't make sense to Anna. But anyway, moving on. So, at the end of the day, Sheely kind of has a crisis of sorts by the later episodes, because he's like, I really like Jin Yuzin, but I've never liked anyone who happens to be a guy before, and I also haven't ever liked anyone who's been my boss before, and I've also never liked anyone who puts up a big singles rule in the office and says, no one can date anyone here, ergo, you have to leave. And so... No offense, but by the end of the day, Jin Huzin has kind of unfortunately made quite a mess for himself. And at the end of the day, Shili becoming cohorts with Yi Zetong, who comes back and says, you know, I started dating someone. I'd have to leave the office, wouldn't I? And this really throws um, Jin Huzin for a loop because he's like, you know, even though things have been a little rocky in their... Um, roommate relationship of late in the later episodes I don't think one and so he completely panics but I I really like how in the later episode there's a scene where Sheely's you know asking this question Jin Yuzin's like you asked me what I thought about our relationship at one point and Sheely's like you know it's okay it's okay I'm just gonna go to bed and so it's at that point that Jin Yuzin goes you know I thought our relationship was that you happened to like me and I happen to like you. And I really like, again, this is like a huge epic ramble, peeps, and I will try to make a more linear one, but I don't know. Maybe it's the oatmeal, maybe it's the boba. I don't know. But anyway, I'm not exactly linear today, although I usually try to be uber linear. But I think that the thing that happens here at the end is Jin Yuzin finally realizes through the help of Brother Gang, our gang, who runs the coffee shop, who ends up with the other co-worker of Shili's named Sikui. And they actually end up getting engaged for marriage in this episode, which are in these series, which really upset a lot of people with this series. And I don't know why. I mean, I was sitting there as a person who looks at reviews going, I really don't know why everyone is so hyped up and upset on Shi Li or Shi Kui and 
gang deciding to get married. And I also don't see why a lot of people are going, well, this side couple, they either really like them or they're like, this side couple really, you know, they're pretty useless. In my opinion, the side couple in the series was absolutely wonderful. I don't think the series would have been the same without them, mainly because Brother Gang is a really cool person. I mean, I know one person left a review and said, you know, the thing I like most about Brother Gang is he is really good at giving nice advice, basically, in a way that people find okay to handle. And I think that's true. Brother Gang is awesome. Of sitting there and going, you know, you might want to think about it this way. It kind of reminds me of one of my best friends is from India. He's an engineer. If you're listening, Mr. R, hi, hi. But anyway, so, so sometimes my friend can say something to me and I'm like, yeah, that's a good piece of advice, but I don't see how I can apply it now. And he's like, well, just, just give it food for thought on it. And then, you know, it takes me anywhere from one month to six months. Yeah. I'm a slow person to take advice, but oftentimes I find that, darn, he was right about that. And I have to sit there and I call him up and I go, you know, R, you were totally right about that. And it took me this long to admit to that. But yes, you were told. And, you know, he takes it very well. He's like, yes, Anna, I'm so glad you were able to take that advice, although it might have taken me six months. But, you know, I think in the same way, Brother Gang's kind of like that in how he gives advice, which is one of the ways I think he's a very neat character. But I do not understand why, like, everyone was kind of upset because Sikri was a lot younger than Brother Gang, like maybe 8 to 10 years. But, okay, peeps, Sikri is 22 years old. That is very young to end up engaged to someone. I will be the first to admit. But, you know, considering that some people end up married when they're 18, Sikri's 22. He is going to be graduating college soon, and it is normal sometimes for people to end up married when they're 22. It might not be particularly normal, but it does happen. So I really don't know why everyone was so up in arms about, you know, Shiqui and Brother Gay. Also, I think, you know, Brother Gang was one of the best choices Shikui could have made. I mean, I think a lot of people were like, well, you know, Shikui is young. Like in this mo in the series, there was a scene where Brother Gang said, you know, Shikui, you're, you're young. You're 22. You might meet someone. I'm sure you'll meet someone who's better than me at some point in your life. And maybe you would have rather waited for them instead of being with me. And that's why I maybe don't want to commit to a long-term relationship because you could do better. And I'm going... You know, if anything, I think maybe that's what made him maybe the best choice because he's like, Brother Gang knows that he's not the best person out there. He knows that, you know, there are people that are better than him. And also, I think he really does have Shikui's interest at heart where he's sitting there going, you know, Shikui, you could do better. Now, there, there are debates, you know, things happen, relationships go awry, but I'm going, I really think in Shikui's case, he was sitting there going, I have found, like, the best roommate I could possibly have to eat, to drink oat milk for the rest of my life with, and to basically be kind of the cat in the apartment, and try not to blow anything up in the kitchen. I mean, you know, I think sometimes you just find where you belong, and it's like, it fits, and I do love how in this series... There's a scene where Shikui at the end runs in to um, the coffee shop and he's completely out of breath. And 
he hands up a ring and it's like, he's like, I do not want to lose this person. So I'm going to propose to them right now in the hopes that they accept because I don't want to risk missing this person. And I love that kind of breathless craziness, which I really don't endorse in real life too much, but I'm going, you know, she knew what he wanted. Brother Gang thought this through quite a bit, because I don't mean weird, they talked about this a bit in the series, and I think one of the things that I like best about their relationships is they are so completely open-hearted with one another. I think Shi Kui and Brother Gang, it's like, those two completely, whenever there's an issue, they discuss it. Now, it might be a bit uncomfortable for Shi Kui to bring something up, like, will you end up with me, or will you not end up with me? But they do have those conversations. And I think that open-heartedness is one of the things that I liked best about them as a couple. And I would not want them removed, either one of them, from this series. Because I'm like, they totally made it. And in some cases, in certain episodes, I think they were way more interesting for the storyline than the main couple. Now, by the end of the series, she, Lee, Jin Yudin thinks, is going to run off with his ex-boyfriend, partner, whatever you want to call him, Easy Tong. So he rips down the singles rule, he runs after Shili, he grabs him, will not let him go, and says, you know, you promised me because I want to bet a while back at the office that you would do one thing, and, you know, therefore, you need to think about this. And Shili's like, you know, um, Jin Yuzin, don't you want to go back to the person who you were with years ago? Because that's what the little prince would do. He would go back to the rose instead of staying with a fox, you know? And that is not what Junior Zen decides. And I think, you know, this series really brings to light, there's a scene after there's a moment of romanticalness, which Anna's not going to go into. And I do not think, again, peeps, I mean, some people might debate this with me, but I'm like, Vicky rated this whole series R, and I'm like, I could sit down and watch this whole series with anyone from one to a hundred years old, as long as I skipped a bit of a romantical part in episode 12. And I really don't think episode 12's romantical part was worthy of the R rating. I don't mean it weird. I'm like, if this was a rom-com, we'd be rating it PG-13. But since it's a BL on Vicky, we're rating it R, which really drives on a nuts. I don't mean it bad, but that is one of the things that really gets me because our ratings seem to go with BL dramas on Vicky and usually they're like PG movies. I'm just saying they are not R-rated at all and it really irks me. So anyway, I will calm down about that, but I'm just saying it's really annoying. So, but at the end of the day, there is a scene after the romantic moment where Jin Yuzin is talking about the little prince. He goes, you know, the Rose found out where he belonged, meaning his ex-partner figured out what he wanted to be. He went to America. He had the internship. He ended up with another person who he really liked. And he's like, and the little prince decided that, you know, yeah, he liked the Rose, but at the end of the day, he like the fox and the color of wheat fields and you know what we thought maybe at the beginning of all things was going to be the be all and end all wasn't what we needed at all and I think it reminds me of there is a I think a midwestern poet named Micah Tasha she was a high school poet and she was in a 
DVD that was made by the Arts Council years ago. I don't know the name of the DVD. I'm sorry, people. I've tried to Google her, but I have not found anything. But she had a poem, and one line of it has always stuck with me because it's basically about, she says, you know, maybe what you're looking for isn't what you need. And I think that's one of the things that this drama completely brings to light is that maybe we have an idea of the person or the things that we want in life. But maybe that person, idea, or thing isn't who we want or need at all, if we really knew how it was all going to end up. And in the same way, I think that's really the case with this drama. It's like, I can't help thinking about my Katasha's poem. It's like, maybe what you want isn't what you really need. And I think that's what this drama is really all about. I also, again, the thing that I thought most likable of this series is that it's really not about people getting together because they're extremely passionate for one another. It's mainly because they sit there and go, I like having someone who's like this beside me. I like being there for someone who's like this when they're having trouble. And I think it's interesting because you have Jin Yuzin who has nickel allergies and reactions and Shili has to help him with that. And you have Shili who ends up sick and does not handle being sick well and Jin Yuzin helps him with that. And it's through those interactions that they find out that they like each other. Now I totally get at the end of this, like in episode 12, there are passionate moments. I get that, but let's face it, there are going to be passionate moments in relationships. I mean, uh, unless you're Vulcan and maybe not. I don't know. But anyway, but at the end of the day, I think the thing I like most is that yes, their relationship does have passion, but more than that, which is not something I particularly like, no offense, I oh, it sounded weird. Okay, how do I phrase this? Although their relationship has passion, the thing that I appreciate most about their relationship is that they are good and that they work well together. I think that's the thing. The companionship of the two of them is what brought them together. And I think that's what I liked best about this whole series overall. I would give this an absolute 10. Now, it is not the same kind of 10 that I would give We Best Love or other series like that, because let's face it, it's hard to be Gaoshidians, Gaoshui. I'm just saying. But I still... In some ways, this reminded me of We Best Love, and not because it's Taiwanese and in Mandarin. Okay, that's not it at all. But because the characters are a little like Gaoshidi and Zhaoshui. I mean, they're not quite the same, but I love how both are very strong-willed and both seem very standoffish, but both, when pressed, would do anything for the person that they care about, which can be a good thing and can be a bad thing. I mean... It's good to always be there for the person, people that you care about, but you don't want to be the kind of person that would do anything for them because sometimes doing anything for somebody wouldn't be the best thing for them. I mean, I think too much. But anyway, overall, absolute 10. If you haven't checked out this series, go to Vicky Rukatan, watch it. Now, I will say that the episodes are very slow. Some people have mentioned that, you know, it's frustrating because you have to wait to the next week. And I totally get that because I'm one of those people who's like, can we just release the whole thing at once? And then we can binge watch it because watching it week by week was, for some reason, it was more frustrating than like with We Best Love because you didn't know on this one, is it going to turn out good or if it's going to turn bad? I mean, We Best Love, we all knew it was going to be good. I mean... No offense, the woman who wrote it's brilliant, so of course it's going to be fine. But anyway, she did History 2, right or wrong. I'm just saying, if you haven't checked that one out, 
uh, totally check that one out. But anyway, that's on Vicky Rukatan too. This is free of charge, Vicky Rukatan. It just aired the final episode at 3.30 p.m. in JST time, I believe, in Japan, and 1.30 a.m. Uh, Eastern time in the U.S. I'm still not good with the time differences here, but it is available now to watch on Vicky Rukatan. Check it at the round table. And I will try to leave a more linear podcast. I'm going to go back and listen to Boga. Anna, you, you shouldn't make Boba and look at gray clouds of oatmeal at the same time you're doing a podcast because you cannot stay in a straight line when you do that. But anyway... I will try to make a more linear one, maybe at a later date, but this is it for now, peeps. Sorry. Bye. Check it at the round table. I'm going to have Boba and my Cloud of Oatmeal, and maybe watch that episode again. Bye.